Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lords of Limited. My name is Ben Orney, and joining me on the line, as always, is Ethan Sachs. Ethan, are you ready to dive into Max Payne rehashing the team <laughs> draft here against Team Resources? I am. I am ready to dive in and rehash Max Payne, except, like, what good TV was that, right? Can you imagine a better a viewing experience to, like, watch us start the draft 03 in round one and i was just like oh no this is strixhaven all over <laughs> I know, again I we're, was gonna, too. So we're gonna get after round rolled one. <laughs> and then we almost evened it up in round two getting to three three but we were still four two and then it came down to game three of the ninth match like you just can't you can't get better than that it is good tv that's for sure and it is a blast to do every time just getting to play high level magic and i'm sure it is fun to watch being able to see everybody's perspectives and seeing the blowouts coming and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff it's got to be great yeah i would i do i'm like it's very exciting and to, i would never tr- want to trade places really you know with anyone um because i would love to participate maybe i would love to like do commentary if there was like another high level team draft type deal but it would be fun to like know what it's like as a viewing experience because there isn't really anything else like it for limited junkies you know which is awesome how lucky are we even though we we're, lost i mean it's it was so impossible to be mad when those three so folks want to play magic with us <laughs> exactly yeah for as long until the record is like whatever 11 to 5 then maybe they'll be like all right this is getting a little ridiculous but to remind folks after nine showdowns even though the showing against team resources is we are down three matches so it's six to three in total showdowns in terms of m- matches of magic we're only down one match that is wild. We need to Isn't do a better crazy? job with our wind distribution. <laughs> yeah, our wind distribution is very poor, but uh, but still great. So yeah, so we are going to be recapping the showdown against Team Resources. So we do a team draft every set now. It's been a very exciting uh, perk of being part of Channel Fireball is that uh, Marshall, Luis, and BK want to play with us every time. So me, Ben, and Alex uh, team up against Marshall, LSV, and BK. We do a team draft. We'll explain what that's like, and then we'll review all of the draft logs, look at the decks. Um, Wherever you download the show, you'll have access to a little Google Doc that'll have deck picks for all six drafters, as well as draft logs if you want to follow along pick for pick. Um, a few housekeeping things before we dive into the meat of the episode. First things first is the Patreon page, patreon.com slash lordsoflimited. It's where folks can go to give back to the show if they so choose. We have a lot of great stuff happening over at the Patreon page. Everyone gets access to the Lords of Limited Discord. Uh, that's the place to be to break a format open when it starts out and... Uh, we're not starting a new format out anytime soon. We're going to be in Streets of New Capenna for a while. But the Discord is a fantastic resource to be with like-minded, limited junkies to get uh, get feedback on your decks, your drafts, your sealed pools. We got the arena open coming up this weekend as we're recording a few days earlier than normal because I'll be out of town this weekend. Um, so that'll be a great spot to be to get feedback on your, your sealed pools and all that good stuff. Um, looking forward to seeing all of the folks in the Discord getting the cash on day two as well. That's always a fun perk of being there and a lot of good stuff as you move up the reward tiers you get access to the show notes get access to the episode earlier than it is released to the general public even get access to some monthly coaching sessions from me or ben so if any of that stuff sounds good to you if you want to head on over to the patreon page to get back to the show those perks are available to you and we want to welcome our new patrons to the fold the first week that they join and this week we're welcoming tossi jacob and matthew 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate your support. Yeah, cannot say thank you enough. We also should shout out lordsoflimited.com. I feel like we don't talk about that very much. We have a website for the podcast, and there's a tier list there that is up to date for all of our pick orders for Streets of New Capenna, as well as some sweet merch. If you want a Lords of Limited t-shirt, Lords of Limited sweatshirt, there's lots of swag over there. Yeah, yeah, good chat, good chat. We got that tier list over there. That's courtesy 100% of Mr. Ben Werney over there. I, <laughs> I do nothing I do nothing other than update it into the website, um, but he does all the, the, the rejiggering there of our ranking. Rankings, but I support those completely. I would never disagree with Ben's grades on any cards, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, the, the merch store over there, you got you know, quick links to our uh, Twitch streams. You got links to every single episode, all now 269, if you can believe it, Ben. Whew, time flies. Show is also brought to you in part by Channel Fireball. Channelfireball.com, best place to go for anything magic related that you need, whether that be Streets of New Capenna sealed product, maybe some Streets of New Capenna singles. If you need to pick up those copies of Mob Nixilis the Adversary for one of your <laughs> standard or pioneer or before it gets banned. Yeah, all, all of those things. <laughs> um, and you can get those from the marketplace, the CFB marketplace. You can support potentially your LGS or someone else's LGS shopping on the Channel Fireball marketplace. In addition to that, CFB Pro. There's articles there, tons of content from pros. You, Alex, I write articles. They have a Discord for all their CFB Pro members. LSV is going to be doing an Ask Me Anything on May 24th at 3 p.m. Pacific time in that Discord. So if that's of interest to you and you're not a CFB Pro member, it could be a good incentive to get signed up, as well as weekly giveaways. They do booster box giveaways for CFB Pro. So tons of sweet stuff going on over at Channel Fireball. And please, for anything that you do over there, Make sure you use code LOL, all caps, to let them know that we sent you over. Uh, yes, I have a question for Mr. Luis Scott Vargas. Uh, what does it feel like to just completely roll team uh, lords every <laughs> every team draft? Um, no comment? Okay. Uh, before we get into these drafts, Ben, I mean, so, you know, we were sort of deciding, like, should we do this as a bonus episode? Should we do the, It's like still so early in the format, which is when we like to do these showdowns against team resources, because you know, it's like, exciting for us to be doing these earlier in the set when maybe our takes are different or whatever. Ever, whereas maybe a month deep will all sort of coalesce into to pick orders, etc. Um, but I do think it's a good opportunity for us to, to talk about the cards as we go through the picks or whatever in the context of team draft, but just in the set in general. But I wanted to just touch base real quick. What's going on with your drafts this week? How are you feeling about the format? Any updates to our thought processes from last week? Anything like that? No, I feel great about the episode we put out last week. I do mm-hmm. really still think it is a broker's format and Mm -hmm. a broker's world and we're all just living in it Mm -hmm. i do think though i think it's really dangerous thinking about it as brokers like for me that means green white or blue white and i'm trying to steer into those decks initially and if i feel like i'm getting cut typically i'm pivoting out of that into blue black occasionally into black red i also as i've been drafting a little bit more feel like there's some room to explore if white is open if you are so lucky there's room for like white black i've had a white black enemy color pair deck so i think there's there's stuff out there maybe to give the format a little bit of legs going into you know the next couple of months but i i think largely i'm approaching it the same way two color decks maybe a light splash occasionally full-on family but that that is few and far between for me yeah yeah that's uh that's definitely been my experience as well been messing around with uh red green recently as well uh just keep uh, <laughs> keep getting handed it to me i've gotten some busted decks i posted some busted decks on uh on twitter you know like double Ginny fay double rocco that sort of thing um i guess that's full cabaretti really but uh with a red green base i have gotten this multiple times so first of all i want to talk about Venom Connoisseur is great. This is the one in the green 2-2. It has the alliance trigger. The first time a creature enters the battlefield, it gets death touch. 
But if it's the second time it's triggered, your whole team gets death touch. I've been really impressed by that card. Yeah, there's lots of sweet things to do, especially if you have those Cabaretti charms, give your whole team death touch at instant speed. That feels pretty Mm -hmm. good. And it's a wombo combo with Pyre, what's it, Pyre Sledge Arsonist, the two in a red, two, two, pay one tap to deal damage to any target equal to the number of things you've sacked this turn. So you can give that death touch and then, you know, sack a treasure or whatever and shoot down something that's been a fun thing to do for for red green decks for me easy peasy you just need two uncommons two creatures to enter the battlefield and treasure to sacrifice yeah is that (laughs) hard small small (laughs) entry fee what like it's hard yeah exactly (laughs) um (laughs) that's uh that's been interesting to me and i agree with the sort of enemy colored i've had like maybe i'm obscura but i'm more white black and then splashing a few blue cards that type of deal i've never i haven't gone full on enemy color uh, deck with like no third color between them to glue them together like blue red with a corpse appraiser or something I, i've never done just straight blue red though the big question i still have for myself and we sort of asked this last week and i think i didn't have a good answer but about the hard pivots in the format like like let, let me let me paint a picture for you so let's say you start the draft with overseer because you're taking that over basically everything in the format at this point mm-hmm. and then you get a rafine's informant And then you get a celestial regulator. And then like, it's tough. Like, I mean, even even this example, let's say pack four, it's like backup agent versus body dropper or maybe something even better than body dropper. Like you're you're taking backup agent there partially because the two drop problem and it's so good in blue white, so good with your regulator. So maybe agent isn't a good example there. But I found myself... It's so easy to get deep into white in the beginning of the pack because its commons are are so good and so head and shoulders are re- above the rest. And if you have any sort of incentive to draft white, like an overseer or something better, or even Rafine's informant, you can talk yourself into this white card, this white card, whatever, and then it can dry up. And then you sort of feel like, well, I still have this overseer. I don't want to give up on white, but you like watch this like other good deck pass you by. Have you experienced that? I mean, I have, but I don't feel as badly about it as you do. I don't think if my draft started with those three cards that you described, if I went overseer informant into regulator, Mm -hmm. there's nothing that is pushing me off of white and I'm likely going to be blue white. I just think the medium versions of blue white and white green are competitive with all the other decks. I mean, yes, you're maybe going to lose to good brokers decks that are, better card quality than you but i like piloting the blue white decks i like piloting the white green decks i think i have a good sense of what makes them tick you know how to include the combat tricks how to make the curve right so i'm happy to sign up to draft medium brokers for right now i mean until it stops working i think it's that's not what you're to. supposed to do it's not gonna stop working like that, I, I agree <laughs> I, I i think because if it was going to stop working it would have happened already i think like we would have seen some sort of, and maybe it's still too early. Maybe, you know, we're less than a month in. So maybe we, we still have a meta shift or two in our future, but uh, I feel like that's not going to happen. I, I think that's partially just uh, the the sort of layout of the format is just white is too much better than the rest of the colors. Yeah. And I mean, it's not every draft that you get to force no, no, no. like that. Sometimes it's just not available at all. And then you yes. draft something else and that's totally fine too. But you're saying if you have a start like that, so maybe I need to find a start that's a little less, maybe it doesn't include an overseer. Um, but but I, I've just been thinking about that because I've definitely had this feeling of like, well, I've already passed a body dropper and a girder goons. And like, I'm, and even though that feels like the deck that's open, it's so hard to pivot to it if you're starting with white blue cards. And maybe maybe the, the white blue start isn't the best example also because white blue is 
just such a good, that is the best spot to be in, not only in terms of power, but in terms of pivoting, because you can go, well, I can still go white, blue, black, or I can still go white, blue, green. So maybe it's a little different if it's white, green, because you really are only going to be able to, the the best X are there, you're only going to be able to do white, green, touching blue, you're ideally not white, green, touching red, that sort of thing. I mean, for me personally, either of those two combinations, white, blue or white, green, if I feel like I get even a chance to draft that, if I have a start that looks like, well, this could work out, even if it's, you know, I'm kind of fighting for it. I'm looking for reasons to stay rather than reasons to pivot personally. Yeah, no, I think I, I'm, I'm not talking about looking for and, and again, I think my backup agent, I think all of my, my I, I perhaps did not set this up in the best spot, because even the, that example I'm talking about, I would take backup agent there over body dropper. Obviously, but I mean, even but, a less good start, like if I start with medium white card, medium white card, civil servant, like I'm going to try really hard to be white green, even if I see good, you know, my it's going to have to be some pretty good cards to tempt me off of white, green or white, blue. Maybe that's part of I mean, I uh, I think that may be part if that is correct. That is definitely part of why I'm not doing well in this format and definitely part of why I don't enjoy this format. I don't like when that's correct, when it's when one deck or or one color is so far weighted in one direction. And I think that's that's perhaps one of our biggest differences as players is like, I think you are happy to draft the best deck over and over and over. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And I am, I'm going to have a turkey sandwich every day for lunch. (laughs) At that point, I'm just like, I, I, I'm basically playing constructed. It feels like, like I don't want, one of the things I like about limited is that it is different every time. If I wanted to play a busted brokers deck every time, then I'll just play constructed. But yeah. So, but like I said last week, I don't like to talk. I don't, I don't want this podcast to be me being like, I don't like this set because who cares? It doesn't matter. Um, That's not why people are here. All right. Well, with that, let's get into an ad break real quick, and then we will dive into these team drafts. Today's podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. This is a product that I've started using every day to improve my energy and immune system. I take it first thing in the morning, and even though it looks like a green smoothie, it tastes like a vanilla protein shake. So what is this stuff? With one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, and focus. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, or low-carb like me. It supports better sleep quality and recovery as well as mental clarity and alertness, all things important for grinding those weekend magic tournaments. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com LOL. Again, that is athleticgreens.com LOL to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And now, back to the show. All right, Mr. Brokers, let's start with your draft here. Uh... I know you're going to start with some white card probably, right, Ben? Uh, Yeah, this was a doozy of a pack. So I opened up my pack, and this was not what I was hoping to open. I just <laughs> wanted a nice, inspiring overseer, you know, start white, have some options. But instead, I mean, there's really no commons in contention looking at this. The best common in my pack is probably an Echo Inspector. That's three and a blue for the two, three flyer. When ETBs, it connives. And then in the uncommons, there's no really good uncommons. There's a Mr. Orfeo. That's the Riveteers, one black, red, green, two, four. And whenever you attack, double target creature's power until end of turn. 
There's a graveyard shift that's the four and a black reanimate that you can do at instant speed if you have five or more mana values. There's call on a professional, two and a red for the instant. Players can't gain life, and this does three damage to any target, and the damage can't be prevented by shield counters. And then in the mythic rare, bearing the lead is Jetmere Nexus of Rebels, one red, white, green for the five, four, and creatures you control get plus one, plus oh, and vigilance. As long as you control three or more, they get an additional plus one, plus oh, and trample as long as you have six. And another additional plus one plus oh and double strike if you are so fortunate to have nine creatures. Yeah. Uh, a couple a couple things here. First, I feel like we should, if we have any new listeners, any folks who are like, oh, I'm checking out Lords of Limited for the first time, we should explain what a team draft is if you didn't tune in on Thursday night uh, last week to watch this. So we have uh, it's a three versus three draft. And if you have like, let's say we're team A, me, Ben and Alex and Marshall, BK and Luis are team B, you sit alternating so you said A, B, A, B, A, B around the table. So you're always passing to and being passed to from someone on the other team. Um, and then you play your decks and then you play a best of three match against every uh, other person on the team. And so there's a total of nine matches. The first team to get five wins wins the draft. So you're passing. We're starting off with Ben's draft here. He's passing to BK, to Alex, to Marshall, to me, to Luis, and then back around to you. Uh, if this were a normal draft... You still take Jetmere, right? You you're still not, take Jetmere, yeah. You're not so anti-red green or green white that you're not going to take Jetmere here. No, I'm always taking Jetmere here. And I think either way, I'm kind of sad about it because starting with Jetmere means I have less wiggle room for sure. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm yeah. either it's going to work out or I'm going to abandon it totally. There's not a lot of worlds where Jetmere is like halfway in your deck, you know? Right. But there's just no other choice for you here i mean and then the next best card is probably calling a professional but red is so weak i did get absolutely owned by calling a professional the other day my opponent made some attacks and i went block block with two shield counter creatures and then they cast call on another one of my creatures and then the the blocks that i made that i thought i was just trading with my shield counters just meant i was trading with my creatures period so i was like okay all right calling a professional i see you against blue white i see you Wow, that's savage. I haven't had that come up yet. Yeah, it was huge. Uh, but yeah, I, I you know, I, I hear what you're saying about being restricted, but to get a card of the power level of Jetmere as well to start off the draft with in a team draft is also pretty sweet. Yes, and I think if you're going to do something like this, it's nice for our team that it's in either maybe a less desirable family in Cabaretti, mm-hmm. or I get to be base green white, which is also great for our team. Right, exactly. All right, moving on to pack one, pick two with a jet mirror in our pile. We see the following cards as options. No good white. No great green at common. There's a for the family. Green instant target creature gets plus two, plus two. If you control four or more creatures, it gets plus four, plus four instead. Moving on to the uncommons, there's a sizzling soloist. Three and a red for the three, two alliance. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, target creature and opponent controls can't block this turn. If it's the second time this ability is resolved, that creature attacks during its controller's next combat phase, if able. Where are you at on sizzling soloist these days? So where I was last week, I would, there's a plasma jockey in this pack. So if I'm going to take a red card here, I'm taking plasma jockey over soloist every time yeah i have come way down on soloist myself and then there's also elegant entourage three and green for the four four alliance whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control target creature other than elegant entourage gets plus one plus one and gains trample until end of turn that card is a house i mean like if it was just a four mana four four it would still be pretty darn good <laughs> like just keyword big like that is good in this format and then add to that so like you know it's out of range of strangle and deal gone bad whatever and then add to that this alliance bonus. And if you have anything that can come into play at instant speed, that makes combat a nightmare for your opponent. This card is very good. Yeah. 
card is very good, and I think clear best card in the pack. And I should say, from pack one, pick one, I was assuming BK either took Colin a Professional or Echo Inspector, but I think we kind of have come to the consensus that we don't necessarily care what our neighbors are doing that much in these team drafts, that we are more yeah. trying to draft great decks ourselves and just try to make sure we don't pass any bombs. Yeah, I, I don't. I st- I've stopped tracking that. Like, I, I will track to myself, like, am I passing anything of note? But I have stopped trying to peg what the person I'm passing to is in. That's just that's just gotten me into trouble way more times than it's ever helped me. So, yeah, I have stopped doing that. Okay, and so for pick two here, I'm assuming the best cards in the pack are red. There's Sizzling Soloist, the Plasma Jockey, and not a lot else of note. So I took the Entourage to go along with Jetmere. And again, I'm not thrilled with starting off with two four drops and one of them being green. Right. Well, one of them being red, green, white, right? Well, and just the elegant entourage being green, I, I want to get into white. Right. Yeah, yeah. As everybody does. Sure. All right. So moving on to pack one, pick three with an elegant entourage and a jet mirror. You see the following cards as options. There's Spara's Adjudicators, two green, white, blue for the 4-4. Four, four. When it ETBs, target creature and opponent controls can't attack or block until your next turn, and it fixes for broker's mana. And then there's a Cabaretti Courtyard. The Evolving Wilds for the Cabaretti family gets Plains, Forest, Mountain. And then moving on to the Uncommons, there's a Rumor Gatherer. One white, white for a 2-1. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you scry one. If it's the second time the ability to resolve this turn, you draw a card instead. And then, lucky me, pack one, pick three, there's a Brazen Upstart. Red, green, white, 4-2 Vigilance. When it dies, look at the top five cards of your library. You can reveal a creature from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Yeah, that's a really nice pickup for you here. I have a question for you because I would be inclined to take the courtyard out of this pack. Did you have any consideration to that? Mm, no, I thought Brazen Upstart was too good to pass up on here. I didn't want to take a land that aggressively and then ship the Brazen Upstart. And then if somebody else takes that, then I'm potentially fighting with them for Cabaretti. And if it's one of our teammates, that's like borderline a disaster. Mm. I was a little worried that LSV was like somehow hooked cutting me into Cabaretti, but honestly, with Jetmere, I just thought it was a, a pretty clear brazen upstart for me. Hmm, interesting. I just was thinking about like the flexibility, like you know you already have a three-color card that you want to play, and so the courtyard gives you that opportunity to be like, cool, I get to lock up this fixing and whatever of these two colors is my base, then I can cast Jetmere, whereas brazen upstart sort of compounds that issue of like, all right, really got to pick up some fixing now. Yeah, I hear that for sure. I thought in the team draft, it was much more likely that we were not going to be able to end up in streamlined two color decks. So I was a little Mm -hmm. less nervous about taking a three color card here than I would have been normally. Yeah, makes sense. All right, moving on to pack one, pick four. Stuff dries up pretty quickly in team draft. So Mm -hmm. see the following cards as options. There's an obscure fetch land. There's High Rise Sawjack. That's 2G for the 2-3 reach. Whenever it blocks a creature with flying, it gets plus 2 plus 0 until end of turn. And then other good cards of note that I'm potentially passing here. There's a deal gone bad. Three and a black instant. Target creature gets minus 3, minus 3 until end of turn. Target player mills three cards. Goes very well with the Snooping Newsy I just passed. And there's also Metropolis Angel floating around here. Two white, blue for the 3-1 flying. Whenever you attack with one or more creatures with counters on them, draw a card. Yeah, I would expect Metropolis Angel to be worse in team draft, right? Like Metropolis Angel is already kind of a little 
finicky like there are some blue white decks where it doesn't come together and i would assume in team draft especially at a table of six drafters like this like people are going to be snapping up the whatever the rafine's informant pretty highly like the cards that enable this well i would assume people are going to take um so i think this card will likely be worse in team draft yeah this is a pretty unexciting pick for you i think the saw jack is totally fine yeah and it gets me deeper into green and then i can you know sort of delay the decision between whether i want to be base green white or base green red Likely someone on their side of the battlefield is going to have flyers. Cabaretti's pretty traditionally weak to flyers, so I wasn't thrilled with this. I thought about For the Family, but figured I just wanted to get bodies locked up because sometimes they can dry up in a hurry in team draft. All right, moving on to pack one, pick five. See the following cards as options. Not a lot here. Slim pickings for me. So there's an ominous parcel. Uh, One for the artifact, you can two tap search for basic land, five tap deal four to a creature. There's gilded pinions, two mana for the artifact. When it ETBs, you make a treasure token and it equips for two equipped creature as flying. There's a for the family as a great combat trick. And then best card in the pack is hypnotic grifter blue for the one two. You can pay three mana to have it connive. I just shipped that metropolis angel. So I thought about hating hypnotic grifter here, but I thought it was just a little early to dive into that, especially when I needed fixing. This was a tough pick. Yeah, I mean, I think you have options here. Also, there's a Riveteers Initiate as well. That's the one on red 2-2. And you can pay one and black or green to give it death touch until another turn. It's just like, give yourself a two drop. There's the Caldea Strongarm, though your four drop slot is a little full right now. And so maybe you don't want that, but does get you deeper into green. I just think hating Hypnotic Grifter it's just not good enough to hate. Like, it's a good card, but you don't know what if BK is not drafting blue? What if he's doing something else and all the blue cards are going to Alex and it's so bad for you to hate Grifter, you know? Yeah, I thought it was pretty likely at this point. And I, again, I know you're not putting much mental effort into this. I was still thinking about it. I thought it was fairly likely that BK was either blue, white or blue, black, unless he had started with a great red card and had taken some red cards in a row. But I agree. It's, it's tough to hate there. And I thought the Gilded Pinions was going to be good. I needed the treasure. I needed fixing. Green is traditionally pretty happy to have a Gilded Pinions or Green White. And so I thought locking it up early was going to be pretty good. Yeah, I like this pick. All right, moving on to pack one, pick six. See the following cards as options. Again, kind of a whiff, except I really need two drops. And there is a suspicious bookcase here. It's two mana for the 04. You can pay three and tap it. Target creature can't be blocked this turn. I thought that also might be the type of card, you know, if team draft decks stall out, maybe, you mm-hmm. know, that does a little more in team draft than it does in regular draft. But honestly, this pack is a dud for everyone. I mean, there's witness protection. There's a maestro's initiate. That's the three one that you can exile from your graveyard to draw to and discard a card. But there's nothing impressive here. Yeah, I agree. All right. So that takes us to the wheel. Pack one, pick seven. And I picked up a Wrecking Crew. Uh, I've liked nice. that card quite a bit. And I think yeah. it's just a super nice body in the format. Four and a red for four, five, Reach, Trample. Just does a good job of stopping your opponent's offense or forcing them to interact with it. And honestly, my draft from there was not particularly exciting. I wheeled a four of the family, got a Riveteers Initiate, picked 10, got a Pyre Sledge Arsonist. And it just felt like I was in a lane and hadn't passed anything great other than, you know, the Metropolis Angel, Hypnotic Grifter there towards the end of pack one and then pack two pick one boom i opened Ginny fey that's so sick yeah so this is the cabaretti hybrid mana for the three three you can pay it with all green or hybrid red green hybrid green white on two of the mana and if you would make one or more tokens you instead create that many two two green cat tokens with haste or that many green three one dog tokens with vigilance and unfortunately up to this point i have no way 
to make tokens uh, other than gilded pinions. Yeah. But I was on high alert for like, okay, cab ready doing it like need fixing and need ways to make treasure. Yeah. And there's, I mean, so there's also a brazen upstart number two in this pack, as well as a glitter monger, which like no one else should want. Right. So that could wheel for you, which would be pretty sweet. Yeah. I was expecting Glittermonger to wheel, and it did not, which made me Oof, kind not, of sad. Oh, yeah, neither neither Glittermonger nor the Brazen Upstart wheel for you. Yeah, it's pretty tough. So I figured someone else was doing the same or similar thing that I was, but at this point, I'm committed enough that there is no moving me off of this. And I didn't really have any picks in pack two where there were was anything interesting to hate. Uh-huh. And then... Moving on to pack three, pick one. This was probably the hardest decision I had all draft. So I'm solidly cab ready at this point, have moved into base red green. And I open up a pack that has Jewel Thief, the tuna green 3-3 Vigilance Trample when ATBs make a treasure token, which is just absolutely perfect in my deck. It's everything I want. And an Inspiring Overseer, tuna white 2-1 flying when ATBs you gain a life and draw a card. And my fixing situation is not great at the moment. Like I already need more fixing for the current cards that I'm planning to and, splash. And you're pretty solidly red green, right? You got a Jetmere's Fixer in pack two. I think like the white cards that you have right now are just really Jetmere and the Brazen Upstart. Yeah. So I ended up taking Jewel Thief and crossing my fingers that BK was blue black instead of blue white. And unfortunately for us, he was blue white and was, I'm sure, thrilled to see Inspiring Overseer spoiler for his draft well before we get to that <laughs> draft log do you want to uh, take us through what your final deck looked like yeah my deck was just a tight little cabaretti deck i had Jetmere and Ginny fey as my two standout rares had double copies of cabaretti charm which were just outstanding over the course of all three of my rounds i played three super hard rounds like mm. just all three of the rounds were just the hardest matches of magic i have played all format not close which makes sense because we're playing against great players in a team draft you know the decks are a little scrappy all that sort of stuff but mm-hmm. had those rares glittermonger to enable them a darling of the masses as another premium uncommon uh, a couple jet mirrors fixers in the two drop slot some good combat tricks in double for the family just a tight little cabaretti deck i think yeah, yeah, this looks really, really strong and nice, nicely done. I think this might be the best deck at the table. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was initially. And then looking at some of the other decks, I'm not so sure anymore. And BK really, one of the other things that regrettably happened during my draft was BK kind of got hooked up with blue white in pack three, mm-hmm. had a really good pack three for him. And there was nothing much I could do to stop it, though. There were any of the packs where I maybe could have hated something. There were always multiple cards. So he was going to get something anyway, even if I tried to cut something. And then ultimately, I'm just cutting a card from Alex, which isn't good for our team. Right. That makes sense. Well, before we get into BK's draft, who's next down the line, we'll take one more quick ad break and then we'll be back for the draft review. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when we first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, we thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a family. And at Mint, families start at two lines. 
All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash lol. That's mintmobile.com slash lol. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash lol. And now back to the show. All right, I'll take you through BK's draft here. Pack one, pick one. He sees a pretty big dud of a pack. There are really no commons that I would even think are worth mentioning. What's the best one? Dig up the body, two in a black instant, casualty one, mill two cards, then you may return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Moving on to the uncommons, I think a pretty clear winner in wing shield agent, two in a blue, two, three, comes with a shield counter, and when it attacks, up to one other target creature gains flying until end of turn. And his rare is Wah Wah, Devilish Valet, two in a red, one, three, trample haste, with alliance, double Devilish Valet's power until end of turn. Yeah, I mean, this is just a clear wing shield agent as the best card in the pack. This card is just overperformed. Anything with a shield counter on it has overperformed. Yep, agreed. All right, pack one, pick two. So this is your uh, your pack with the jet mirror that's going over to him. He sees a pack with the following cards as options. If he wants to stick with blue, he's got options, right? Echo Inspector is here, as well as Majestic Metamorphosis, though I think you're taking Inspector there as the best blue card. Yeah, I would agree completely. And then looking at the uncommons, he's still got the Mr. Orfeo, the Boulder, the Graveyard Shift, and Call in a Professional as the Red Burn Spell. Yeah, and BK landed on Call in a Professional here. I think personally, I would have landed on echo inspector to stay blue with the wing shield agent and that might be a function of bk just not having drafted the format that much to know how good echo inspector is because it's not the type of card that looks crazy impressive upon first read you know Mm -hmm. Um, but it certainly wouldn't fault anyone for taking call on a professional here either certainly in a team draft setting removal is a bit more of a premium that sort of thing yeah, well, I think in a normal format that wasn't, you know, a guild set as this is like taking call is totally reasonable there. But, you know, you can't really end a draft with both agent and call in your deck unless you're blue, black, red. Um, so it's really committing that pretty tightly, whereas taking Echo Inspector, you're like, all right, well, it can be open to potentially the best deck in the format with blue, white. Yeah, BK doing his best here, taking call on a professional to fulfill LSV's prediction of drafting an off an unsupported yeah. family. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, pack one, pick three. Uh, he sees the pack that uh, you ended up taking the elegant entourage out of here. He doesn't really have any blue follow up. He just has witness protection a little early for that card. And then in terms of red follow-ups, there's the Plasma Jockey and the Sizzling Soloist. And I don't even know what I think the best card in this pack is. Maybe Plasma Jockey, maybe For the Family, maybe Fake Your Own Death. I don't know. It's a pretty weak pack. Yeah, I think it's a toss-up between Sizzling Soloist and Plasma Jockey, whichever you prefer there. Looks like BK landed on Sizzling Soloist, but regardless, you're taking a red aggressive card. Right. Yeah, to follow up that call in a professional. Pack one, pick four. Okay, seeing some more some more better cards at least. Um, maybe not necessarily good follow-ups for what he has. Um, if he wants to stick with blue, there's that Snooping Newsy, the blue black two two. When it ETBs mill two cards, as long as there are five or more mana values among cards in your graveyard, gets plus one plus one and has lifelink. Where are you at on the Snoozy these days? I like Snooping Newsy. I think it is a fine card. It is certainly less impressive than Civil Servant. I mean, Civil Servant just embarrasses all of the other. 
allied yeah. gold commons. And I think Celestial Regulator is in second place. Some of that is a function of those two cards being good and white being good. But some of that also is a function of those two cards being the best two cards of the cycle as well, I think. Yes. You know, when your yes. opponent plays Civil Servant and you play Snooping Newsy, you're just like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's just terrible for you. It's really, really tough. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of blue black this past week to varying degrees of success, um, but really pegging the, the I mean, again, the two drop problem of the format and recognizing these the the big four or whatever that we want to call them um, as these uh, gold commons in the two drop slot, I think are pretty important and pretty signally a lot of the time. So I've liked Newsy a little bit this week. Looking at some other options, there's a Spars Adjudicators, right? That's the uh, Broker's Family Fixer, the four four that locks something down for a turn. And he's got the Cabaretti Courtyard as a land opportunity for him for red if he wants. And then in the uncommons, there's still that rumor gatherer, one white, white, two one with alliance, scry one. If it's triggered a second time, you draw a card instead. Yeah, BK landed on rumor gatherer here, which is a pick I don't love personally after the start he's had to the draft. Yeah, he's not seen any white to incentivize him to move into white. And this doesn't match up well with any of his first picks. I mean, he could abandon his two red picks and play Wing Shield Agent and Rumor Gatherer, but it's very unlikely that all the cards he's taken so far work together. And something like, you know, Snooping Newsy potentially lets you play Blue Black Splash, Call on a Professional, right? or even something like taking Glamorous Outlaw here gets you some fixing, ties your early picks together. So I think personally, I would have landed on Snooping Newsy or Glamorous Outlaw, um, would be curious too if we could go inside BK's brain, see what the reasoning was here. Yeah, a little being John Malkovich for a day there, but he does grab the rumor gatherer. Um, pack one, pick five gets a little rewarded for taking that rumor gatherer, depending on how you want to look at it. He does have uh, some blue and blue white options. There's a backstreet bruiser, the one in a blue three three with defender. But if you have two or more counters among creatures you control, it can attack as though it didn't have defender. There's an obscure storefront, the white blue black fetchland uh, deal gone bad, I guess. Um, if he wants to take a black removal spell. But then there's also Metropolis Angel, the first of many for BK. Two white blue for the 3-1 flyer. Whenever you attack with one or more creatures with counters on them, draw a card. A really nice follow-up on curve with Wingshield Agent. Yeah, I think after taking the Rumor Gatherer here, you take Metropolis Angel most likely. That's Mm -hmm. such a weird set of circumstances, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. BK taking this Rumor Gatherer, pick four, and then taking Metropolis Angel, pick five, and getting to take Metropolis Angel, pick five, leads to me just absolutely hooking him up from my pack three in blue white but if he doesn't take rumor gatherer here he's likely drafting maestros yeah like alongside marshall so just this one random rumor gatherer me right like what what happens is if he drafts blue black then i probably can't because i end up drafting blue black down the road right he like he drafts it under marshall sort of and then I probably draft black red instead. I don't know. It's tough. There, there's a ripple there for sure. But then all of that blue white stuff I passed would have made its way to Alex. That's right. so funny that yeah. <laughs> just like this random rumor gatherer pick turns the whole draft on its head. Yeah, because like he could just take snooping Newsy. And then if he has Newsy instead, then you're probably taking like deal gone bad or fake your own death here. Right. Because like Metropolis Angel isn't that good. Well, certainly you don't take it. If you aren't as in your white first already. white card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's very, very interesting. So he does take the Metropolis Angel here um, and then pack one pick six. He gets the hypnotic grifter that you pass the single blue one to uh, pay three to connive. And it's sort of smooth sailing there for him. I mean, so some we- some notable wheels. He gets a majestic metamorphosis pick eight. 
a buyer silence pick 10 backstreet bruiser pick 11 like he's doing fine pack two pick one he opens to lose clever conductor this is the uh the blue hybrid rare so you can pay blue and then white blue hybrid blue black hybrid for the three one when it etbs you connive and whenever you discard one or more cards exile them from your graveyard and then when to lose dies you put the cards exiled with it into their owner's hand it's pretty good pickup for him right yeah, super solid pickup. You're thrilled to open that. And then pack two, pick two, the Ooh, daggers. I know. He so hates he got, another Ginny Fay for me. That would have been pretty OP. That would have been sick. I wonder, I mean, there, he's not missing out on anything, but I wonder if there's like even like a celestial regulator on this pack if he just takes that and passes you the Ginny Fay, which is probably like, you know, e- equal in terms of you get a good card, but he gets a good card for his deck. Um, and he basically just sticks to blue white on rails. Uh, and then gets hooked up with, I think it's two more Metropolis Angels, right? So he gets in the pack where you take Jewel Thief, pack three, pick one. Then he gets Inspiring Overseer out of that pack, pack three, pick two. And then gets Metropolis Angel, pick three. And then another Metropolis Angel, pick six in pack three. So that's... And backup Agent, pick five. Hold for Ransom, pick seven. Like, pick eight, slip out the back, pick nine. Majestic Metamorphosis. And he barely made playables in blue-white. Like, if right. this pack three doesn't go this well for him... He is in trouble. Right. So he's he's bopping around a little bit in that, you know, that first pack, all those red cards that he took sort of don't make the cut, etc. cetera. Uh, but he gets a, a medium tight blue white deck. I don't lo- like he's he ends up having to play a Shattered Seraph just because like he's basically splashing Shattered Seraph off of itself. And then the two rumor gatherers aren't great for him. But otherwise, a, a nice tight little blue white deck with. Um, some tricksiness, some BK tricksiness with double disdainful stroke and slip out the back. Well, and tough for him in pack two, right? Because we saw Alex, you know, uh-huh. really cutting blue white hard from him in pack two. It's so weird how it worked out that like you, Alex, and I almost were all incentivized because of rares that we opened to be drafting a color pair underneath people, which it is, isn't ideal in team draft, but also it is, isn't a disaster because you do get to kind of cut them in pack two. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, So let's see. Let's see what happened with Alex down the road next. All right. So Alex is pack one, pick one. Absolute no brainer here. Opens mysterious limousine, three white, white for the four, four vehicle. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, exile up to one other target creature until mysterious limousine leaves the battlefield. If a creature is put in exile this way, return each other card exiled with mysterious limousine to the battlefield under its owner's control. And it has a crew cost of two. That is a card you want to open in team draft. Yeah, I mean, this it's in the best color. It's really, really strong. And so far, feeling great, right? For our team, you opened a Jet Mirror, Alex opening Limousine, BK opening Wing Shield Agent, like, and having to hate Ginny Faye from you, you know? Um, so feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, absolutely. Notable cards, Alex is passing. There's the Call on a Professional. There's a Grizzly Sigil, a Hypnotic Grifter. No real standout commons. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to pack one, pick two, an absolute dud of a pack here. This is BK's pack. So we see that dig up the body that you mentioned as the best card in the pack, as well as maybe an ominous parcel, one for the artifact, two tap, search a land, and then five sack, deal four to a creature. Yeah, I think it's maybe worth talking about, like, were your thoughts about fixing a little different going into team draft? It sounds like no. I was expecting fixing to be hotly contested. And I thought we were going to have to pick it a little more aggressively. I was surprised. The thing that was most surprising to me was how late ominous parcels were going around. 
Yeah, well, part of LSV's prediction about our team, about like the drafts for everybody and the records, was that I would end up with some like cabaretty splash black pile with two ominous parcels. <laughs> and while one, I felt very seen by that prediction, two, I was like, does that mean, I wonder if that means that they don't like parcel if they're not super high on it. Not that I'm like high on parcel that much, but I think it's fine. And, and especially I feel like as a colorless fixer in team draft um, bumps up a little bit. Yeah. I think if it were me here, I would have taken Ominous Parcel over Dig Out the Body. But I mean, this pack is highly irrelevant. I, that's sort of what I think. It's tough. I think taking Dig Up is just a little weird to me because if it's a blue card or a green card, I get it because you have the potential to play with Limousine. But Dig Up, you're only playing if you end up in white, blue, splash black, basically. And are you really splashing Dig Up? I don't know. Yeah, I think I like Parcel a little better here. But I think the biggest, bigger takeaway is this pick doesn't really matter. Right. Or maybe you take a Riveteer's Outlook. But yeah, not an important pick. Right. Moving on to pick three, you see the following cards as options with the Limo and the Dig Up the Body. In this pack, there's another Riveteer's Overlook, the Red, Black, Green Land. This is the Good Blue. This is the Echo Inspector Majestic Metamorphosis pack. And Uncommons, there's still Mr. Orfeo and Graveyard Shift. But again, slim pickings here for Alex. Yeah, for sure. Nothing good in white for him to follow up. Nothing really good in black. Like, I guess he could take a deal gone bad, but takes Echo Inspector here. And I like it, to be honest. I mean, it's not super powerful, but like I was saying with the dig up the body pick, you know, you, you want to try and take a blue or a green card if you can't take a white card so that you can play limousine if at all possible. Yeah, absolutely. Echo Inspector is the best card in the pack and Alex took it and I agree. Moving on to pack one pick four, you see the following cards as options with a limo, a dig up the body and an Echo Inspector in your pile. There is yet another Riveteer's Overlook. There's Witness Protection as the only blue card in the pack. There's Dapper Shieldmate, three and a white for a 2-2 ETBs with a shield counter. And as long as it's your turn, it gets plus two plus O. And then the only other cards Alex would maybe be interested in is like a For the Family. There's a Fake Your Own Death in Black, the plus two plus O, and Return to the Battlefield when it dies and make a treasure token. So not many good options here again for Alex. Yeah, for sure. He he lands on... I, did you miss... Say this card. You said Dapper Shieldmate, isn't it? Is, <laughs> the dappest of Shieldmates? I restrained myself Thank for you. you. There it is. There it is. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I think I'm not like crazy about Dapper Shieldmate. There's like a bit of a four drop problem in this format. But as we said, even even the worst of cards that have shield counters on them are still pretty darn good. And this keeps him white for the limousine. So I like it. Yeah, love the Shieldmate pick here. Moving on to pack one, pick five. Again, a better pack here. Alex is starting to see some stuff. There's a Sparrow's Adjudicators. That's the Broker's Family Fixer. There's the Snoozy running around. There's a Glamorous Outlaw. So good options here. The Cabaretti Courtyard as well, if Alex maybe foresaw going into green-white potentially and wanted to land. There's no world where Alex Nikolic is not taking Sparrow's Adjudicators here. This That has to be the card that he loves the most in this format. It's so good. Do you not love that card? No, I, I do. I do. I like it. I've come around to it. Day one, people were trying to tell me, oh, this is just like Bergstrider from Call Time. I was like, no, it's not. But it's very, very good. And Brokers is great. And yeah, this is a great pickup for him. Yeah. So very happy for Alex. Looking good for our team right now. He's getting into blue white with the Sparrow's Adjudicators here. This is all going well. Pack one, mm -hmm. pick six. A little less exciting of a pack. There's an obscure storefront, the white, blue, black land. There's for the family, there's a deal gone bad potentially as a removal spell, but nothing super exciting. Literal no white cards in the pack. So you got to be a little nervous about that if you're Alex. Yeah, for sure. Though he might just be thinking about like, look, limousine is good enough and I've got the family fixer. If I take the storefront here, maybe I can end up playing limousine in some weird off color deck or whatever, end up with what he ends up with is just like a super duper value pile. Um, 
but I think I like taking Storefront here. I'd be tempted to take a two drop. Maybe I have two drop PTSD in this format. I don't know, but I'd be tempted to look at like, well, there's a Halo Scarab or a Backstreet Bruiser, but I like taking the Storefront here. I like Storefront as well for Alex. And I think there's no world where he's not playing Limousine, right? I mean, he has to put that card in his deck, even if white is a, a shallow secondary color. I mean, like if BK is white, which he is, and you're white, which you're not like you're white, but all of your white cards are cab ready cards, basically. It's really it's going to be hard for him to play Limousine. Like there's definitely a world where he gets pushed off of white. Maybe, but even then it should be open in pack two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So not much here on the wheel for Alex gets a glamorous outlaw. That's the Maestro's family fixer, some black cards. And then in pack two, Alex honestly does a great job of moving into white underneath BK, which solidifies him in white and gives him outs to play limousine. So Alex is just humming along in pack two on the blue white life and his deck is looking like it's coming together great. And then all of a sudden in pack three, a wrench is thrown into those plans. He opens hostile takeover pack three, pick one, which is two blue, black, red sorcery and up to one target creature has base power and toughness one, one until end of turn. Another target creature has base power and toughness four, four until end of turn. Then this deals three damage to each creature. The only thing this pack is missing for this to be perfect is inspiring overseer because Alex was messaging yeah. us before the team draft and was like, okay, what cards are we taking over inspiring overseer hostile takeover? And I was like, yes, of course you're taking Hostile Takeover over Inspiring Overseer. And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> Inspiring Overseer is pretty good. And it is, but like Hostile Takeover is a bomb. And so I was imploring Alex before this to please not pass Hostile Takeover. And then the first thing he typed in chat when we were done was, well, didn't pass Hostile Takeover, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So it throws a wrench for sure because he's effectively like he's got a lot of fixing with family fixers. But, you know, he's got to double splash this for black and red if he wants to play it. But he definitely can't pass it. Right. Like, it is interesting if there's an overseer for him or something comparable power level wise, but there just isn't. Takeover is one of the best cards in the entire set. Yes, it is Alex's duty to take takeover here and he fulfills yes. his duty and prevents Marshall from playing hostile takeover in a very busted Maestro's oh, deck. Oh, my God. Thank. Yeah. Wow. What, what a disaster if Marshall ends up with hostile takeover. Yes. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. OK. OK. All right. And then the rest of pack three, less exciting for Alex. He gets a disciplined duelist, which is great because he's already super solidly brokers. Pack three, pick four, gets a sleep with the fishes, picks up from fixing and honestly is a very good broker's deck and makes some adjustments to his deck to allow him to also play hostile takeover. Because I do think that's one of our takeaways from these team drafts as well, is that team resources has done a better job of not only hating rares, but also trying to make sure they include the the good rares that they hate. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Alex was like, Ash, should I play takeover or not? Because it is it's it's awkward. It's an awkward double splash for him. But I just think it's too good. Like there were definitely times where it was stuck in his hand, but there were definitely matches where it won him the game single-handedly. Yeah, and he's super solidly based blue-white. So, I mean, that one card, and he has connive too, like right. to pitch it when it doesn't work out. I, I think I like what Alex did with his deck here. Mm -hmm. he, yeah. I think he drafted great and has a very well-put-together deck. Totally agree. All right, speaking of uh, shipping that hostile takeover over to Marshall, let's see what he managed to, uh, to cobble together. I mean, a lot of these drafts, I think this might have been I didn't I didn't feel like I had any tough decisions looking through these logs. It didn't feel like there were a lot of like, you know, hard pivots or hook and cuts or anything like that. People sort of found their lane and, and stuck to it in, in a way. So uh, maybe not for BK, maybe BK getting to blue white a little later 
uh, than pack one, pick one. But so yeah, for Marshall, I honestly think the wildest pick of the draft was that rumor gatherer. That has yeah. huge rippling effects on the draft. That's true. That's true. Yeah, really interesting. Uh, so Marshall's pack one, pick one. He sees the following cards as options. Best common in the pack is Girder Goons. That's the four and a black four four. When it dies, you make a tapped two two black rogue creature token, and it has blitz for three and a black. Looking at the uncommons, there's a banger here, but it's also black. Night Clubber, one black, black, two, two. When ETBs, creatures your opponents control get minus one, minus one until another turn, has blitz for two and a black. And his rare, wah, wah, is cut of the profits. X, black, black for the sorcery, casualty three, and you draw X cards and you lose X life. I don't know what award this gets on the LR Sunset Show, but Night Clubber is definitely the card that is like... Every time my opponent has this, it rasps my whole board. And whenever I have it, like my opponent has all X2s, X3s, and it does nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's because you're always drafting gathering throngs. <laughs> like, of course, <laughs> yeah. you have a bunch of X1s. No, I mean, I feel like a lot of people have that feeling about Night Clubber, you know, like great for my opponents and underperforms when I have it. I must be your opponent then because I, <laughs> I love Night Clubber. <laughs> I do, too. It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. And and it is the pick here, right? Yeah. Marshall slams Night Clubber pack one, pick one, and I think correctly so. Agreed. Pack one, pick two. I would say no commons in contention here. He's got three really good uncommons, though, with Hypnotic Grifter, uh, the Blue Conniver, Grizzly Sigil, uh, Ben's version of Bad Bone, bone Splinters, and uh, calling a professional the two in a red burn spell. Yeah, this is a much more interesting pick for Marshall. I don't know that there is a quote unquote right pick here. I think you can make cases for any of the uncommons. And I think Night Clubber is good enough that maybe you just want to take Grizzly Sigil because Grizzly Sigil goes along with it so well. Right. Yeah. It has such a cheap blitz cost. I think as much as I don't like Grizzly Sigil as a card, I, I would be tempted to take it here to solidify myself into black. But I could also see arguments for Call and Hypnotic Grifter. And I think no matter what you choose, you can't fault Marshall anyway, as long as he's got a plan for what he's doing. Yeah, I think we would I think you and I would agree that of these three, Grizzly Sigil is the worst. I think it's the least powerful of the three uncommons. Would you agree? Yes, I think so. But like, you know, it gets some benefit from, okay, you start the draft with two black cards. So he's making that concession there. But I agree with you. I think you take any of these three and you're happy and Marshall lands on calling a professional. Pack one, pick three, this super weak pack with the devilish valet that BK opened. Marshall just takes a Riveteer's Overlook here. That's the black, red, green fetch land. It's also the ominous parcel as an option. This is the pack Alex took dig out the body, like really weak pack. Yeah. Love Marshall taking Riveteer's Outlook here. Okay, interesting pack one, pick four. So Marshall's got black card, red card, black, red, green, fixer. There's another River Tears overlook here. There's a dig up the body. There's a deal gone bad. Then in the uncommon slot, there's Mr. Orfeo the Boulder. So he could take that to go along with his black card, red card, and Riveteer fixer. And then there's Graveyard Shift, the five mana sorcery reanimation spell, but also can be cast at instant speed if you have five or more mana values in your graveyard. Yeah, this is a tough pick. I mean, there's not, again, there's not a clear pick here. It's not like, well, right. obviously it's this card. I think you're just exercising some judgment. For me personally, I would be between Deal Gone Bad and Graveyard Shift. And I think ultimately I would land on Deal Gone Bad as a more consistent card, but certainly Graveyard Shift has a much higher ceiling than Deal Gone Bad. Am I, am I miss? I'm not a huge fan of Graveyard Shift. Like I like Dig Up the Body more than Graveyard Shift. Am I wrong? Oh, I think so. I love Graveyard Shift. Oh, interesting. It's just insanely good if you get the 5-4 that does all the... You yeah, know, Dusk Mangler. Takes yeah, four, yeah. whatever. Reanimating yeah. that card is awesome. Yeah. I think even, you know, once you pitch a family fixer, reanimating that, and certainly if you get the five mana values and get to do it at instant speed, it can be a blowout. I, mm -hmm. I have liked Graveyard Shift a fair amount on the format. 
Okay, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm bumping it up in my pick order. I've basically only liked it if I feel like I've got something expensive worth getting back. Spoiler alert, Marshall is going to get something expensive <laughs> worth is. getting back. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I've definitely been liking Dig Up the Body or Fake Your Own Death more in terms of filling that slot. But yeah, maybe I'll move uh, Graveyard Shift up in my pick order as Marshall has done here, taking it pick four. Yeah, uh, I like fake more than shift uh, shift is like a c plus in the right deck for me it definitely doesn't pull me into black at all but i have liked it more than dig okay cool uh pack one pick five he's got some other fixing options here tramway station black red tap land another riveteers overlook this is the pack that has the plasma jockey in it and then another copy of fake your own death as well yeah i think again not a clear pick this is a lot of judgment i think personally i'd be landing between tramway station and fake your own death Mm -hmm. and i think i would take fake your own death along with the graveyard shift because that sort of gives you a plan and then maybe you know any of the corrupt court officials you see start to look a lot better in your deck you can kind of plan on this pseudo reanimation blitz etb thing but i think tramway station also certainly a great option as well yeah, I was also, I was taking fixing. I think if I could go back, that's one of the things I would change about how I approached it. I was taking fixing higher than normal, and I think I would would not have done that. One, just because of how late things seem to be going, but also just with with the texture of the packs. But I think with Nightclubber, I mean, one of my favorite things to do in the format is turn five, Blitz Nightclubber. They don't block, fake your own death, and then you minus two, minus two their whole board. Yeah. Like, that's just so sick. So I think I would land on fake as well here. Pack one, pick six. He sees that pack with the Snooping Newsy, Glamorous Outlaw, Dig Up the Body. He lands on the Outlaw to maybe uh, lean towards, you know, just helping him splash that call on a professional. I'd say he's solidly black at this point with all of his fixing and then just figuring out what, what he wants to do with the rest. Yeah, I don't feel super strongly about any of these cards. It's awkward with the call to take Snooping Newsy here, but Marshall's curve is not ideal at the moment so maybe you consider snooping newsy i like glamorous outlaw quite a bit as well mm -hmm. i think i would land on outlaw over newsy here but that's a very close pick for me yeah, i would land on newsy but again maybe like i said maybe i have uh two drop ptsd right now because i've been valuing those pretty highly just because so it's so hard especially if you're not in white it's really hard to get good two drops on the wheel marshall grabs a deal gone bad pick seven backstreet bruiser pick nine a riveteers initiate as well like he's getting some good you know, maestros card. So LSV's prediction of uh, clunky, clunky maestros, maestros is uh, <laughs> is coming to fruition. But then pack two, pick one, he opens Ziatora, the incinerator, the star of the team draft, I would say three black, red, green for six, six flyer. At the beginning of your end step, you may sacrifice another creature. When you do, Ziatora deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target. And you create three treasure tokens. Yeah. Zeatora incinerated me. I watched Zeatora incinerate you. I, yep. I was stuck on lands in game three against Zeatora, and I still almost won that game, I think. I think that was the game he had Zeatora. Maybe not. But uh, I played a very close match against Marshall and was stuck on two and three lands for quite a while in our third game. So yeah. bummer bummer to get land hosed in, a, in an important team tournament. But yeah, Zeatora was outstanding. This card is such a house. Yeah, it was a house, and it led it and Marshall's deck led him to a 3-0, I believe Marshall's first 3-0 um, for the team draft, which I think gives all of team resources a 3-0 at, at one point in these matchups. Um, and he's got a pretty full-on Maestro's pile. His, his mana base is perhaps what we were cautioning against last week, but it seemed to work out. The double Glamorous Outlaw that he has really helps him out, but you know, he's got 
black, red, and blue two drops, which is something we were cautioning against. Um, and the the graveyard shift, like being able to you know, pitch Zeatora to big score and then reanimate it with graveyard shift. That was something I saw him do a lot. And his deck had some some sweet synergy for sure. Yeah, I like Marshall's deck here. There's a lot of powerful cards. The Glamorous Outlaws are just great in team draft. Good to fix the mana. Good bodies later on. He had a lot of sneaky ways to push damage too to close yeah. out games. So yeah, very cool deck for Marshall. Yeah, the Outlaws just like I kept having to be like, oh, that's coming down. So I'm effectively at, you know, if he had two Outlaws on suspend, I'm like, well, I'm at eight, but I'm really at four. And then I have to deal with these four fives, which spoiler alert, stupid, sexy Grizzly Sigil can't even deal with that. Like, (laughs) terrible. (laughs) All right. Take us through your draft here. All right. So pack one, pick one, pretty straightforward, pretty happy. I was getting uh, some some flashbacks to playing in the SCG event last weekend. I got Evelyn the Covetous. This was in my day one deck, and I like this card a lot. This is two and the uh just notice that we all opened like a lot of these this this cycle of cards this is the the hybrid cycle so two and a black and then blue black hybrid black red hybrid for two five with flash when it or another vampire enters the battlefield under control exile the top card of each player's library with a collection counter on it and then once each turn you may play a card from exile with a collection counter on it if it was exiled by an ability you controlled you can spend mana as though or any color to cast it yeah that card is outstanding far and away the best card in the pack other cards that are maybe worth noting, there's like the Upstart, the Adjudicators, the Snoozy. But yeah, you're windmill slamming Evelyn here. Mm-hmm. Pack one, pick two. Another, I think, pretty straightforward pick for me. The best common in the pack, as it was when we saw this uh, from Marshall, is Girder Goons. And then in the uncommons, there's what? Pyre Sledge Arsonist, Metropolis Angel, and then that that bad Cut the Profits rare. Yeah, I mean, I think you're thrilled to follow up Evelyn with Girder Goons here. I mean, you're taking the best card of the pack. It matches up with your rare, so pretty straightforward pick. Mm-hmm. Pack one, pick three. I have an interesting pick. Again, this is the same same decision that Marshall had when he had Nightclubber and then saw Colin a Professional, Grizzly Sigil, and Grifter. Well, now I have Evelyn and Girder Goons, and I'm seeing Grizzly Sigil versus Hypnotic Grifter. And I think especially now that I have two black cards, it's pretty like I like Grifter better than Sigil, but I'm still just going to take Sigil here. Yeah, I like the concession in power because I do think Grifter is a slightly better card than Grizzly Sigil, but I think Mm -hmm. you're supposed to stay black here. So, yeah, I agree with the Sigil pick. And this is like a a dream of a start. Then pack one, pick four. This is that super duper weak pack where like Alex took dig up the body. Marshall took a land. I've got basically ominous parcel versus Maestro's initiate. Honestly, I might go back and take initiate here given how like parcels were whipping around the table. But at the time I thought fixing was going to be pretty highly contested. So I took parcel. Yeah, I agree. I would have also taken parcel here, not knowing how many parcels were going to be rolling around. Pack one, pick five. I do, again, I think make a pick that I would go back and, and take something different. So there's a Riveteers Overlook, the Black Red Greenland. There's Dig Up the Body, there's Deal Gone Bad, and there's even still Mr. Orfeo the Boulder. Yeah, I think this is a much closer pick. I think any of Deal Gone Bad, Riveteer's Outlook, maybe Majestic Metamorphosis are Mm. reasonable. I think personally I would land on Deal Gone Bad here, locking up another removal spell and just staying black. Yeah, yeah, I should have done that. I took the Overlook, again, anticipating that fixing would be cut. If I could go back, I would take Deal Gone Bad. Pack one, pick six. I make another (laughs) mistake of a pick here, I think, by taking another Riveteer's Overlook. Um, There's a Fake Your Own Death in this pack, which I think I end up getting one or two of them anyway, but I, I think I should have snapped it up here. Yeah, looking at this, I think I would have taken Fake Your Own Death over Riveteer's Outlook as well. And what a dream of a start that is, right? Getting Evelyn and then just getting good 
black cards plus an ominous parcel. I, I'm really happy with where I'm at right now. Yeah, very stress free draft for you. And you also have not passed anything spectacular. I mean, the best cards you passed are like Metropolis Angel and Hypnotic Grifter. Right. Yeah. And, and Mr. Orfeo, I guess. But like, I'm not really clocking that as like, oh, no, what have I done? You know, <laughs> um, and then pack one, pick seven, I wheel snooping newsy. So I'm like, OK, maybe I'm supposed to, to be blue black, which I feel very comfortable with. And snooping newsy is good. And so I've got some interesting decision points at the start of pack two, because like I know I'm black. And so then whether two am I supposed to pair with red or with blue is a little up in the air at the moment. I have a super weak pack two pick one and I take a body dropper out of that pack thinking, OK, even though I saw the late snoozy, maybe I should be red. Thoughts on this pack? Yeah, this pack is terrible and there's nothing <laughs> good for you so i mean you're either taking tramway station or body dropper but you already have the fixing you picked earlier so i think right. i would take body dropper here but i would not put much weight towards it pushing me to red i'm still just thinking i'm black and feeling out whether i want to be blue black or blue red yep agree with that and i think you are hoping to not end up with both newsy and body dropper in your deck I don't know. I think that was that seemed to be the key for Marshall three owning. So I, <laughs> I don't know. Might have been a good good uh, good strategy. Uh, pack two, pick two. Still not. I'm not seeing anything like mono black, and not really seeing anything good in blue. There's a majestic metamorphosis as the best blue card, and then there's a riveteer's charm as a way to follow up uh, the body dropper. And I've got the two riveteer's lands as well to help with this. So this is the black red green charm. Target opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker they control with the highest mana value. Exile the top three cards of your library until your next end step. You can play those cards or exile target player's graveyard. Yeah, this is one where I think the picks you've already made influences your choice. I think if you don't have those right. Jund lands, you don't you never take charm here. You always take Majestic Metamorphosis. But I think yes. having those two Riveteers lands, I like the the charm pick over Majestic Metamorphosis. Cool. Yeah. But then a pack two pick three wing shield agent followed up by a pack two pick four out of the way. That that steers me back towards blue black, and that is where I end up uh, landing uh, at the end of the draft. Very cool. Yeah, so pretty straightforward blue black deck. I ended up. Well, I had a tough pick. I took a corpse appraiser over a second snooping newsy, and this was at the beginning of pack three, where I thought I was like, well, newsy wheeled in pack one, so it should wheel again in pack three. Plus, corpse appraiser is just so good, and I had the two riveteers overlooks, so it was an easy splash for me. But then the second snoozy didn't wheel. Marshall snapped it up. Ah, brutal. Yeah, yeah, this is a very good looking deck. I really like the way your your deck shaped out here. Yeah, it's I mean, without the Evelyn, my deck is a lot worse because I don't have like power. But like I've got interaction. I have like a fine curve. Like, obviously, I'm hoping to not play like suspicious bookcase or cutthroat contender, though the contender is there because it's a vampire for Evelyn. But like, um, you know, a, a totally fine blue black deck, unfortunately, just didn't pan out for me and only went one two. Yeah. All right. Well, let's round it out with LSV. So pack one, pick one, continuing the trend of opening good rares for a lot of folks at the table, including us. Definitely no, definitely no bad beats there. All right. So what what busted rare does uh, Luis get here? Yeah, Luis gets Zeator's Envoy, which is one black, red, green for a 5-4 trample. When it deals combat damage to a player, you look at the top card of your library. You may play a land from the top of your library or cast a spell with mana value less than or equal to the damage dealt from the top of your library without paying its mana cost. If you don't, you get to draw the card instead. Just literal zero downside to this card. And you can blitz it for two black, red, green. Slam dunk, yeah. bomb rare, and LSV is passing 
elegant entourage to me as the best card in the pack, which I did snap up. And then he just goes on a, a two drop run here, buddy. Yeah, pack one, pick two, Jetmere's Fixer over Brazen Upstart, which I end up taking. Pack one, pick three, Jetmere's Fixer over Metropolis Angel, which makes total sense given his start right. to the draft. Pack one, pick four, Jetmere's Fixer <laughs> over Hypnotic Grifter. So just boom, 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 locked up three Jetmere's Fixers. That's just such a great spot to be in. I mean, it's not a great spot to be in in terms of two things. One, you would love some two drops like that in your deck. Um, so that's a little awkward, but you know, no way to, to prevent that. But two, just like great to be in this spot of like, I took Zeator's Envoy and then I got like three good two drops that let me play that. Yeah, and honestly, good for us that you and Marshall snapped up a lot of the Riveteers fixing. So I, I don't know what LSV's mana ended up looking like, but pretty good still, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> And then pack one, pick six gets that Mr. Orfeo that's been yeah. running around the table. The one black, red, green, two, four, whenever you attack, double target creatures power until end of turn. LSV's deck was very good. And I don't think a ton of interesting draft decisions. I mean, kind of awkward for me that I was drafting base red, green, but there were enough good Cabaretti cards that I don't feel like my deck suffered that much as a result of being underneath LSV. Well, and what he gets to do because he's in such an, an undesired color pair and with Mr. Orfeo and Zeator's Envoy and undesired family is he gets to float a lot of cards. Like I think he gets kind of unlucky with the speculations that I made. So pack two, pick one, he takes a racer's ring, the red green tap land over Riveteer's charm. And I assume he thinks that I got to wheel this, right? Like got Mr. Orfeo six that took all these jet mirrors fixers. Who's going to want this? Well, I speculate on it, right? But it should wheel for him a lot of the time. And then he also does the same thing, right? He gets crew captain the black red green four two haste indestructible as long as it entered the battlefield this turn he gets to float two of those around the table and they make his deck so like he does get a lot of cool ripple effects by one you know a lot of uh, lucky things with like opening the envoy getting the fixers and then getting to reap the rewards of how that plays out in pack two and three yeah that makes total sense i think his deck looked great it was very very aggressive i mean I had some very good starts in all three games of our matches, and I still just almost died all three of our games. Yeah, I just got rolled real quick by him in match one. And it's so, it's so fun because I was like, I mean, cards like Crew Captain and just Red Green Aggro in general. I was like, there's no way this can be good, right? Even when I saw it in game one, I was like, I can stabilize against this deck. And then <laughs> I just couldn't. I just couldn't. I made a, had a tough spot against him in my first match where like I needed... I could have killed Mr. Orfeo, but I, I was reading him for For the Family. This was obviously before I thought that he had three copies of it in his deck, which is just, it was so good. Like he really, he got a good version of this deck. Yeah, I feel very lucky to have beaten LSV. I mean, I, I played very well. I'm very happy with how I played, but I also drew very well. I mean, I had to have good draws and play very well against him to barely win our match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he uh, he went 1-2. His only only win against me. And uh, But Marshall got the 3-0, and that uh, took Team Resources to their sixth victory against us. Yeah, huge congrats to Team Resources. And again, I cannot overstate how awesome it is that we get to do this. And huge thanks to LSV, Marshall, BK, for putting up with us and reaching a hand down to the new kids on the block. Very, very true. Couldn't agree more. All right, great place to wrap us up there. Thank you, as always, to Salty Pretzels for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give it a listen, Make sure you give Ben. It a listen. <laughs> I almost left it out. Make sure you give it a listen. <laughs> Thanks so much to ChannelFireball.com for sponsoring this podcast, for setting us up to do these showdowns with Team Resources. If you're heading over to CFB, if you like these showdowns, head on over to CFB. 
buy something, buy anything, let them know we sent you over there. Let them know that the showdown sent you over there. It's just awesome to let them know that, Hey, the content creators we support are sending people over to our store, etc. It's a really great feedback loop. If you want to check us out streaming, uh, you can check us out. I'm at twitch.tv slash Lord Tupperware. Ben is at twitch.tv slash Mr. Metronome. Mr. is spelled out. We're both under those same usernames on Twitter. And you can tweet at the podcast at Lords of Limited. If you've got any feedback about the show or any questions, shoot us an email at lordsoflimited at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of Lords of Limited. Thanks, everybody. See you later. In the commons, there's another Riveteers Outlook, the red, black, green land. There's it's, Echo it's, Insp- over, it's Overlook. What did I say? Outlook? You, you keep saying Outlook, yeah. Oh. In this pack, there's another Riveteers Outlook, the red, black, green land. <laughs> <laughs> that is deep in my brain, apparently. Oh, my Whoa. God. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> <sighs> I haven't, haven't had a good blooper in a while. That's a good one. <laughs>